0: Welcome to Hounsie, the Steel Army Podcast. I am Dan Yost, and with me this week to discuss a Hounds loss very briefly and a Hounds win more in depth, and the Hounds traveling up to Boston adjacent. I've got two uh, two good friends of mine here to break it all down uh, in a very Houndsy manner. First off, it's our good buddy Seth. What's shaking, Seth?
1: Not much, just... Uh not freezing my ass off on the porch tonight no, nice. not a
0: porch it's you it's not as cold out it's
1: beautiful yeah no. you've been out on the porch no, for much cooler than this we're back to shorts shorts and a hoodie uh i love that which also means that the weather's nice enough to do my favorite thing which is mentally torture myself on a golf course every weekend oh um, no
0: do you have to get a new uh, new golf buddy now that uh, EJ's up in the Boston area?
1: We kind of have just an open spot in the weekly uh, golf reservation. So if you like to play golf around the western Pennsylvania area, hit me up on the socials, and we might have a spot for you some weekend.
0: You can have, like, the, the Seth's open foursome spot invitation – or. No, it'd be an open. It'd be the the Seth's open, open spot open. So it's determined to get that yeah. spot. Be nice. I like it. Now you said you're also watching the NFL draft as we're recording this. So will you be giving us an update as we get uh, get close to that? Get the immediate reaction on the Steelers pick. Yeah, we're uh, what are we eight picks away? So. So Brian, as we get into the, the, the business end of this podcast. Uh, I have not followed anything NFL since the season ended what what's the expectation
1: I want Joey Porter Jr. because I we need a cornerback and Mm. I absolutely love his father and I think Joey Porter Jr. is an absolute freak um I'm not a Penn State guy so I don't have that affection for him as some people do but I think he, I think he's a guy that comes in and helps out day one. So I'm, I'm all in on the Joey Porter Jr.
0: train. All right, here we go. Also here, uh, she's on this this podcast uh, basically every week, and we love her for it. It's Ariana. What? Uh, have you have you? Uh, how did your putting shots uh, go over for a midweek match on Tuesday?
2: Uh, surprisingly well. Um, I, it wasn't, I didn't expect much. So I, you know, set my, the bars low, but uh, a lot of people wanted, at least it was, you know, one or two. Um, and then after the game, we had a couple of, uh, hounds front office, uh, staff members come out after they clocked out. If anyone from the front office is listening, um, and took a couple of putting shots for the road um, nice. so that was fun. And, uh, we got to stand and chill and talk with them. I tried to shell some off on some players, but, uh, every last one of them said, it's a short week. If it wasn't a short week, that'd be a different story. And I get it.
0: <laughs> like they weren't going home to have like a victory beer themselves. Come on now.
2: I mean, rumor has it that there's a chance, uh, they were at Coupe de Ville sometime this week. So, um, yeah, we it felt, you yeah, it felt a little, uh, <laughs> half-assed, but. Um, they were being I insincere understand. towards
0: your your uh, pudding shots.
2: Well, yes. <laughs> right. um, yeah, but it was fun. I uh, got to hang out and and talk with uh, some of the front office staff, which was nice. Um, and it was a really nice night on Tuesday.
0: Yeah, then it was. It was almost like the the perfect day. Not not too hot, not too cold. Just need a light jacket.
2: Yeah, it was. It was. It was great. So good. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I never, I never in a million years thought you would be dropping that quote.
0: I I did on on the uh, on Twitter that day as well, and I think okay. Sterino picked up on it, but I don't know if anyone else did. I must have missed that one. But if it, I mean, if it falls on the day, you kind of have to, right? Well, you have to. Yeah. Uh how's lost in El Paso, but then after that, they came back home on Tuesday and played in the Open Cup and got a win two nothing over. You old Maryland Bobcats. First thing I just want to point out is the Bobcats showed up in two white, uh, kind of like 10-person pasture vans. Yeah. And when those pulled up, my first thought was, oh, shit, we're screwed. Because that's how the Landstown boys showed up in, uh, in 2016. Pallin out with two vans like that. And So if the Bobcats started chain-smoking, I thought we were we were definitely screwed. But that was not to be... Good guys uh, take a 2 0 win and advance in the Open Cup. We'll talk about the the advancement here in a bit. Uh, let's start with with the lineup. Uh, Ariana, we discussed our our projected lineup a lot last week, and I would like to say we we got pretty close to what it was. Um, feel like a good like a good prognosticator for for Bob's midweek uh, rotation.
2: Yeah, I um, I have, like I said, I, I feel like I mentioned this, but I know I mentioned this to you off air. Um, I wrote down my open cup prediction on a post it note that I left on my computer. Um, t- specifically for when we filmed today. Um, and I am pretty confident in uh, the, the lineup that I got. I had a couple of mixes where I thought people were going to start, but they were on the bench. Um, and only one surprise for me, um, or I guess difference. different. I had Osumanu playing. Um, and I don't think he played, I, he didn't play and he wasn't on the bench. He yeah, so wasn't in the 18. That was my, that was my, my one miss. Um, but other than that, I, I did pretty good. And I, uh, feel like I, I've, you know, tuned in to what uh, Bob is thinking. Uh, the only thing that was outwardly wrong was the location in which some of these players played on the field.
0: <laughs> yes. So let's let's go through that now. You have uh, Christian Garner in goal, which we all pretty well saw coming. You have a four-person back line of Blackstock to Shields, Hogan, Biasi. Uh, Blackstock, we were all told was a forward, but he came in a couple games ago as a right back in a substitute uh, substitute appearance. But that was we thought just just as the game progressed. But maybe this is Bob's uh, great retooling plan. Uh, the midfield: Mertz, Riot, Laser. Uh, Lopez, Tony Lopez, and then up top, uh, Tola and DZ. Seth, what were your thoughts when you saw this uh, unique little starting 11?
1: When you're playing a team below you, division-wise, it always kind of scares me, because obviously this is, like, biggest match of their year on the calendar, they want the opportunity to come out and kind of have the cup set, and so when I see that much changing going on in the eleven, I always get a little bit nervous. Um, yeah, I really don't understand the whole Black Sox situation. Uh, is he? I mean, he's like legitimately on the website as a forward. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he is. At least the last time I checked. Yep. Um, so. This is the uh we've you know i guess the uh tired is taking central mids and taking it, turning them into c b you know center backs and wired is taking forwards and turning them into fullbacks. so that's where we are here in twenty
0: twenty three with Bob Lilly
1: yeah so expect
0: the unexpected right so the bench to also point out there um Ordenas, who I thought would have been starting just because he starts every game, was on the bench. Dos Santos, a mild surprise. Deco, which we kind of thought we would see. Anders Bedoy, who we're going to talk about a little bit as well, would have been kind of concerning if he wasn't on the bench. Kiza, which we kind of flipped flopped if he was not a starter, be on the bench. Yabera and then Gomes uh, as the backup keeper, kind of fulfilling the thought that we had that, uh, that Jamai was not even off the pack his, his kit for this game. Um, classic. I mean, this was the third round, but let's just it was basically treated as as the second round for what the opponent was. Kind of classic hounds under Lily first half in these games where not much happens one way or the other. Uh, good guys dictated play uh and possession for the most part in that first half but not super amazing opportunities and allow themselves to be a little little vulnerable on on the counter uh ariana uh, up until i mean you know it took 80 minutes to to pop a goal in there but as that first half and, and let's go into the second half progresses without without a score uh Getting nervous or feeling like it's inevitable that the Hounds would uh would find the back of the net?
2: I was a little nervous. Um I mean not not nervous in the sense that I I felt pretty confident that the Hounds were eventually going to score. It was more of a are we gonna go into a full 120 or are we gonna do this in, in a ninety? Um it just felt it felt really weird that we hadn't scored. Um, I mean, that's good on the, the Maryland Bobcats uh, goalkeeper. He had some really great saves right in front of us. Alex. Um, Alex, yeah. Alex, was, um, who was wearing
0: two different numbers, let's point out there.
2: Two different I, numbers that weren't his number. He it, is on the roster as number one.
0: He was not in that game.
2: He was wearing twenty four as a shirt and twenty nine as a pants. So and, and the
0: shirt was wasn't uh, even like a like a typical like kit top. Yeah. It was like a like a moisture wicking T-shirt looking thing.
2: Yeah, like a practice jersey esque. It didn't have an, a last name on it or a name in general. Just the number. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. it felt it. It looked like he left his bag at home and just had to borrow clothes from somebody else. But. Um, it felt, you know, it felt weird to to, to sit back and, and wait until you know the later minutes of the game. Um, you could tell that some people kind of got a little quiet. It just didn't feel like, you know, everyone was in on it. But it wasn't, you know, we were like, come on, come on, come on. Um, so when that score came, it just felt, it felt fantastic. But it also, I never really got. Nervous because I, I saw who was on our bench, and I knew worse comes worse if Bob was not feeling, you know, that the starting 11 was playing the way he wanted to. He could pull on people like uh, Ordonez, Dos Santos, Ibarra, Kiza, of which he, he pulled them all on, um, just to, to kind of light up that, that, that playing um, a little bit better. Um, which is what happened and I'm both goals well the one goal was Kiza who did come on as a sub um, and Anders well he didn't get a, an award for that but and the other goal was Burke who who was starting and that another thing I want to talk about but I can say that but um yeah it felt really good it just felt I it felt a little bit like I, I could see where Bob was coming from. Um, he wanted to play his his other guys and then have a handful of those in-the-pocket guys sitting on the bench. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, in the first half, yeah. there was... Speaking of... Well, uh, speaking a little of, of Tola, he had the assist on on Kizza's goal, uh, but he also... Has the, the best opportunity in the in the first half on his boot, and he, he, he pushes it wide. Kind of a, a squared pass to him, about eight yards uh, in front of the goal with uh, a lot of space on, on his left-hand side to pop one in. Pushes it far to the right. Seth, this is now certainly not the first time we've seen Tola uh, fail to, to find the goal uh, on what should be a pretty high conversion opportunity uh any any concerns now after this many weeks of call it the yips just call it you know if you prescribe to the idea that that finishing is a skill and he just doesn't have that skill at this moment uh and are were there any players in this game that that got on your radar either good or bad
1: Uh, If if you're, like, sitting here waiting for the, like, Tola's is legit, is going to go off, and be an actual, like, contributor to the offensive woes of this team, you really hope it's when you're playing a lower division team in an Open Cup match that he might, like, go out and
0: grab a brace for you or something like that. See, it and seemed he like he was the... well-suited for that. Like, it was... Kind of build around did, him doing that that night.
1: And then he does exactly what you said he does. And it's just like, maybe the guy just doesn't have it at this level. I don't know. It It's, it's hard. He keeps getting opportunities. Um, I'll be curious if this is maybe the, and we never saw Tola again moment. Uh, I think we've potentially had multiple of those throughout the first uh 10 matches this season, but it's, it's been, it's been definitely a wild ride. Um, I, I, talking about like the lineup and people that kind of like stood out to me, like I really like laser playing more forward. Mid was interesting to me. Um, maybe the guy does have the battery to go 90 minutes at that intensity. He's just He's a maniac out there. I love it. Um I also I I'm not sure exactly where I would rather see him play. Um he definitely get he causes a lot of disruption in the middle, that's for sure. He's always always on the ball. Um so I do think he is a nice switch up up there. Um but you know, I I kind of was hoping maybe to see a little bit more out of DZ Harmon. He was actually one of the guys, I think, like, whenever, like, the, you know, they started announcing, like, two, three guys a day, a day, and I was, like, reading bios and watching some highlights of people. He was one of the guys that I was really kind of interested to see where they fit in
0: to this team. He looked like a little and bit of a steal to begin that late in the, in the offseason
1: yeah right like he's one. he was like the stereotypical like how's this guy unsigned or like how have we managed to hold him on a trialist deal for this long and I I don't I don't know it he's it it very limited playing opportunity before uh, Tuesday and he really didn't do anything to make me think that he's in the long-term picture so,
0: well what's I interesting with him of, is he is he had the the very ignominious sub on sub off against El Paso a couple days earlier and you're kind of mm-hmm. thinking oh this is this is where we never see him again and then the guy gets a start a couple days later and then doesn't probably correctly doesn't take full advantage of it
1: uh, that's I, right I completely forgot that he was subbed on and then promptly subbed off a matter of 20 minutes later on Saturday night. Um, there's really not much to remember from Saturday night. So <laughs> probably why that's slipping my memory at this point. But uh, yeah, interesting. I don't know. I Maybe there is a reason why he wasn't elsewhere to start the year. Right. Um, but I think that's probably the biggest, uh, kind of frustration
0: point from that match for me and you've seen guys get in bob's doghouse basically for the for the balance of the of the season for for probably less than what you know he's done so far so it's it's another curious case between him and and tola just not getting it done how many more opportunities do they get thrown their way before you know bob moves on to someone else uh i mean
1: i'm I'm going to say the probably obvious thing here but in a side that's struggling to score I feel like you have the potential for a lot longer window of Bob kind of tinkering until we actually have some sort of sustainable offense I don't think any, I, I I don't think the window is closing on any of these guys at this point because really there's nothing offensively going on right now
0: outside of and if we have Dequa
1: and we, yeah but I mean God, that feels like it was years ago at this point the hat trick in Memphis so I uh I really you know it, 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 it's kind of getting annoying on the uh USL broadcasts because it's like the opposing teams commentators are sitting there like looking through the notes and it's like oh, Dequo had a hat trick, and then they're just going to mention it like 15 times, and it's like, yeah, we've scored, what, two goals since that point. It's, it feels that's like fair. they're just beating that, the dead horse of that. And at least it frustrates me. Maybe I'm just the cranky old guy at this point.
0: Could be. That's that's how possibly. we've always known you for years is the cranky old guy. That's sort <laughs> Seth. Seth uh, More positive note. So, I mean, something genuinely... Uh, Exciting, positive organizational milestone, I think is what I used on Twitter. Uh, Andrews Bedoy, Academy prospect kid who's been in the Hounds system for, I believe, going on a decade. Yeah. Uh, Gets in the game. So first, I mean, you can kind of make the claim uh, that... We had our first academy kid in last year, but it felt a little cheap um, in how that worked out. But this is a legit uh, academy prospect, academy product. Uh, logs minutes for the first team. Um, Andrews Bedoy have a have a night, and uh, in his limited role, we he, he gets a ball in the outside of the the box basically uh whips in a shot from the 18 uh box top you know line on the 18 there uh hits it with enough pace that it cannot be corralled easily by alex he parries it away for a juicy rebound that that failing blasts in for for the goal and the the seal the win for the hounds Uh, i don't know about you two although i have a feeling uh i know how you guys are gonna feel this for what was kind of a, a slow, plotting classic, uninspired open cut match, this was a really good moment uh, for, for the organization, for us as a fan base, obviously for, for Anders, although someone said it's pronounced Anders, so it might be Anders. I apologize if I got that wrong. But Ariana, uh, least for me, highlight of the night. Well, what were your thoughts?
2: Um, real quick. Because I just got the notification. Uh, two of us on this um, pod are watching the the draft, and the Steelers did just trade up, so they are currently up on the the batting to be picking. Ooh. Uh, it says the pick the pick is in. So um, they traded.
0: Uh, Seth, you watch that. The you tri- us our, Your first reaction after uh, Ariana um, gives Anders her his flowers.
2: Yeah. Um. So good on Anders. Um. He. Um. I for. I mean, we, the goal was across the field from us. So in the moment, I really thought that it was Anders to failing into the net. And I was so pumped that he got an assist. And it sucks that because it was saved, he doesn't get the assist. Um, it, but in my heart, he gets the assist, um, which is super cool. Um,
0: that the, and, the, the Ariana in the heart assist column will not be added to the stat sheet, though.
2: No, not not the stat sheet, but uh, everyone who listens to this will know. Um, he is the second youngest player. Um, and the Hounds even uh, on their recap of the game went down to days, 18 years, four months, and nine days, um, which is amazing. Um, and he just, it was, he came in an extra time and produced within a minute of his entry into the game. Was it, that, um, was it
0: that quick? I knew it wasn't that long. Yeah, was it was within the, a minute.
2: The failing goal is tagged at 90 plus one. It was basically, um, it was, it was think, basically right
0: at, at the end of
2: yeah, full time. And I think Anders came in, in the 89th minute. Um, So it might be within two minutes, but it was a very quick um, turnaround. And it was not, I, I I give him full credit and I'm so excited that he, you know, he's one of our own He's born and raised in Pittsburgh and it just felt like, a, like it, the whole season so far has been building to just that. Uh, they've talked a lot about Anders. He's been, they play his interview on repeat and I just wanted to see him play and see him produce. And he got the call and in two minutes, it showed us what he, you know, what he's made of. So, good on him and I think that he is now topped a couple of other players as uh, people who I think will uh, I mean he I don't know when we'll lose him but we will lose him at some point in the summer uh, when he goes to college but um, it feels sad that we're gonna you know miss him out but I think that he gets more calls up if if he were to get called up he would get called up before some other players that we have already mentioned on this pod. Um, I I think that we might, I hope that we see more minutes from him. I hope.
0: I mean, the thing you could, you could take from the, the man clearly was not afraid to, to take advantage of the opportunity in front of him. I mean, there was no, there was no hesitation that I need to, I need to find the next pass. It was, uh, the ball is, is kind of bounding towards me. Uh, I have a, a look at, at frame and I'm up, gonna put something on there uh didn't try to you know blast his laces through it and, and sail the thing up uh you know into the into the suites or anything like that but he he gets a solid contact with it keeps it on the ground and forces uh forces an ugly rebound that uh they gladly uh that laser gladly takes advantage of yeah uh, uh anders, anders uh Another thing about him, the man didn't know how to take a selfie, which for a high score seems crazy to me.
2: <laughs> I mean, I don't know if he was trying to take a selfie uh, when, when Cass handed his phone to Anders to take, Anders to take the, the picture. Um, it was flipped. The camera was flipped the wrong way. Um, and I don't know if he maybe assumed that we wanted it taken that way, um, but most players, if we hand the phone to them to take the selfie, they, they know to flip it. Um, he's a high he schooler, And he failed twice. So he's like, Oh, I he he held it up backwards to take the the selfie and then said, Oh, I I I took the right facing the wrong way. But he didn't even take a picture the first couple of times he tried. <laughs> and then he took um then he flipped it around, and we were like, "You can do it this way." And he so then he took a couple of good pictures. But man, is a high schooler. Are we are we getting to the point where uh, Gen Z doesn't know how to take a selfie? Well,
0: I'm I'm also this could also be the the theory I'm working under. He was more nervous at that moment than he was on in the game.
2: Yeah, you might be right
0: because he's been practicing. He's that. been practicing for years to get that those first first team minutes and he has not been practicing to be asked to take a selfie in short order. Yeah. So I
2: will say when we, when we stopped him and said we wanted him for the selfie, I think that Luke Piassi, who was standing behind him in the high five line reacted probably more than I think Luke will react when we event- and eventually asked him to be at the selfie. Like he was, ha- um, he was
0: happy for Anders.
2: Yes, oh, he was great. so excited for Anders to be the selfie, um, and I want to think that that just carried into the into the locker room that everyone was excited um, to be for, for Anders to be our selfie.
0: I I do enjoy that it's become a thing that they I think the team is acutely aware that someone's going to be asked that for a win, and I think there is like a bit of a a thing about that.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, I, I like to think that whether it is or not, I don't need to know. <laughs> I'm going to continue to think that they, yeah, that so they talk about it. Makes about me it. feel better
0: about it. So I'm going with it. Seth, yeah. do we have a pick? And if so, what's the reaction? So they traded up from, they flipped uh,
1: like a, this year's 17th pick with new England and like a third rounder. They moved up. They took uh Broderick Jones, offensive tackle out of Georgia I, I like it. You get Kenny Pickett, a legitimate pass protector on the left side for him, protect the buy side, and uh, that. I mean, it's it's by no means a uh, sexy pick, but I think it's something that helps him down the line. So I like it. Do did, did the Steelers this, have
0: another pick tonight, or is that it?
1: Yeah, they have the thirty-second. Oh, they stole that pick. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's the.
0: Uh, Is that can your the, the your boy J P J still go in there? Maybe. Or, okay.
1: uh, th- that was the uh, when we got rid of Mapletron. Uh, that's oh, that's right. That's the it was Olympics. the f- yeah. yeah. So, um, no, I like this. They were just showing these like you know the little montage video on ESPN of Roderick Jones. He's like six five three ten and looks like he moves like an Olympic sprinter. So yeah. These, these people are just way too athletic. That's awesome. Um, so, the one thing I will say about the whole, like, Anders thing, I I wish there was more of this. I wish we had more Academy players, like the USL Academy contracts. I really love the whole background of it. I love the opportunities it gives these kids. And I think it's, like, somebody who follows the Premier League it's it's a nice story whenever you hear of a guy that's made their way through a team's academy and finally gets the shot with the big club and due to the whole you know college structure and the US you don't really get that as much so I, I really wish there was more I wish there was more of it I wish we wouldn't have, only have had two people so far since the USL unveiled this uh, contract structure um, so, but I'm you have to think this it.
0: this is this this is the start of. These guys are the the canaries for the coal mine in terms of. Getting, the future future, academy kids into the into the first team, I mean yeah because for as 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 well progressed as the girls slash women's side of it has been I think the, the, the boy side has has staggered a little bit behind so. We might just not be at the point where we have multiple prospects, academy kids. Sure. You know, fit for that type of thing. And I, I would not want to see them just like we have a quota to fill that we need to do two of these a year just, just for the, for the look of it. So I, I wouldn't want that. But maybe we get to the point where yeah, there's two or three people that you can legitimately offer these opportunities yeah. to and not, not hamper. What you're doing on the first team
1: yeah and i think there's probably a good debate out there that probably your elite academy age players in southwestern pa are probably still going and playing at beadling um so i think that obviously kind of diminishes the pool that bob has to pick from as far as offering those contracts um so yeah you're you're right maybe in the next couple years i think that's where like the montour junction uh facility helps kind of attract more local talent to be able to train and play at a facility like that um so hopefully this is all just the and i would love us see i would love to see us get to a point where you have a guy sign that usl academy contract who's you know committed to a D1 program and decides to say, you know what? I can go get an education later. I'm going to stick around and play in the USL championship. I I Um, think that's the, we'll
0: get to that point. That's the, would be the real kind of accomplishment of, of the academies if they, they took kind of graduate academy, uh, academy graduates, excuse me, and then offered them a, a contract a proper first team contract but that also included four years of of a college education to be completed later you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so you're getting you're basically substituting that scholarship that that player had been working for all this time anyways and now you are getting that player at these younger more prime years maybe an opportunity to, to turn him into a sellable asset but then the the player has the protection of having that college education paid for for whenever that time comes. I think it's tough too because I
1: think you do get a lot of poaching from the MLS academies of kind of those top tier academy players when they are 15, 16 years old that they go and stone away in their academy and now obviously with the MLS Next Pro uh, hierarchy that they can kind of go up through the MLS Academy into the next pro, and then potentially uh, see themselves in the MLS. Um, so I, I do I think it is kind of a there's a kind of uh, a couple external roadblocks the Hounds face right now in that Academy area. So yeah, I think it'd be really cool if that would be the uh, future development
0: of high school soccer in the Western PA? I, I don't know the answer to this question, so I'm asking it with all sincerity and not as, as a, like I'm trying to bias a, a certain answer. Does this pathway or, you know, the the opportunity to maybe get an academy contract and then see professional first team minutes, not as professional yourselves, but you know what I'm getting at here, Does does that potentially sway players... At other academies, to choose the hounds over something else, or is that not that big of an incentive in terms of the 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 small percentage chance that it actually pans out that way? I like. Like I have I no know, idea I'm really, if like that is like, if that's I'm really... a big enough carrot at the end of at the end of the the road to to sway someone. I'm, like, really conflicted on which way I want to go with this
1: because I do think that there's still a large emphasis put on the college game in the U.S. But, I mean, you look at any of these, like, top Division One programs, and they're, they're filled with foreign exchange students. So, you know, as that continues to kind of branch out It kind of makes me wonder if that does not become like the preferred path to pro for U.S. Academy-based players is to choose to align with a USL Championship Academy knowing that they have the potential to go get legit playing experience and then potentially have an opportunity to play in the MLS or go overseas. So... Yeah, I think that could
0: potentially become a thing. We really should get someone on here who knows the academy, the the American Academy landscape better than than us. Which probably is a a, a big swath of people that would know it better than us. Because um, I mean, th- this does raise some interesting ideas, concepts, thoughts, scenarios, and I just I just honestly do not know what the what it looks like, but I'm intrigued. I am too. Yeah. It's, it's
1: definitely an interesting facet. I didn't of... think we
0: we're going to take the conversation this way, but now that we're here, it's, it's interesting, but to get us back on track, back from the, the philosophy of Academy soccer Academy in the United States to tattoos. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, Honors with some, some, at least one huge tattoo. Ariana, you, you thought there was a couple more there. Um, it's like a big spider on his forearm. Oh, I don't know any, anything about tattoos. I'm not a tattoo person. I'll leave this to you two. Uh, huge spider tattoo on a forearm. What's it mean? What's it for? Ariana, your question, it's legitimacy or it's like permanency. And, uh, just thoughts on, on his ink game in general.
2: Yeah. So I, I have nine tattoos. Um, and I have never, I I have a large one on my, on my thigh. Um, so his is, I mean, it's, it's bigger than I expected it to be. Um, and it doesn't, I don't know. It, At first, it gave me Spider-Man, but now that I'm looking at it a little bit more, it looks like like a detailed spider um, with a web behind it. He also has, um, on the back of his arm, uh, he has... It looks like a crest. I can't really tell what um, crest it might be. Um, And then he has another one on his forearm that I can only... um, on the opposing side of his arm to the spider that I can't can't get a clear shot of, um, but it, there's definitely some ink there. So it looks like he has three uh, on his left arm. Um, and it's I'm intrigued. I don't think they're real. Um, only because of his age. There are, if he got them in Pittsburgh, which I'm assuming he would have as a Pittsburgh boy, he, a lot of artists won't tattoo people who are under 18 and he is as the hounds boasted, um, after his win, 18 and four months and some change. Um, so unless he got them in the last four months, which I have gotten, I have current tattoos on me that I've gotten in the last four months and they have a really rich black color. Still, um, they look really crisp. They don't really fade out until a couple months later. Um, so i it just his look a little too faded out to be new tattoo so it makes me think that it might be um out, there's a tattoo company that does semi permanent tattoos where you uh, just put the you know a sticker on basically like we did as kids and then you peel it off and it darkens it's like henna it darkens over time um, and then you have it for a little while. It's you know painless, you, it's really cheap. you get it online. That's what it looks like to me that his tattoos are. they' like they're um, really big
0: though. Like, did they make them that big?
2: They do. You can get um, it's called inkbox or you know hashtag not an ad. Um, but you can get them uh, like huge back pieces. There's one that I've been that I've been eyeing at um, which is like up the spine so it goes the whole length of your spine. So you can get pretty decently large uh, pieces from at least this brand um, that I know of. So it could be something like that. It could be, I don't know, something else, but it doesn't to me feel like they're real and I will be intrigued to to look. Um, I have been looking at his, you know, the social media that either the Riverhounds have posted or that is online. Um, and it doesn't look like he's had them for long. Um, when the Riverhounds announced that we signed him, they they posted a picture of him, what looks like from the Academy. I don't know how old the picture itself is, but he doesn't have anything on his arms in that picture. Um, and then there's a, another one that he had posted when he committed, um, and he doesn't have any tattoos on his arm in that one. I don't know the age of either of those pictures, so All right. it's hard to tell, but... I, I don't know. And he, he wears a lot of long sleeves, so
0: <laughs> Anders if you're listening, give us give us the story. We want the we want yeah. the scoop on it. Seth, I'll throw it back to you with the really important question. Uh best tattoo ever on a on a hounds player.
1: <laughs> I, oh I
0: cannot believe you're blank you're you're even thinking twice about this.
1: So I remember this from when he was injured. And I always was amazed because I just thought about how bad it would hurt. But, of course, Joe Greenspan. Yep, that's the right answer. Yep, this is it. He he had, like, an absolute, like, shin piece that was, like, entirely, like, knee down to ankle. And I just, like, remember, like, looking at it thinking, like, that must have been absolutely just, like, torturous the
0: entire time he was getting it done. Yeah. Is all so the statue? Statue was it just a Statue of Liberty or like that another Americana? I feel like it was like borderline, like a like a, a leg sleeve kind of deal. It, it was impressive, but by far the the best tattoo we've we've noticed on on a on a Hounds player. But uh, if anyone else has any uh, any other candidates for such an award, let us know. <sighs> So the Hounds did win that game against Maryland. That put them in the in the hat for for the fourth round, which I guess is now being called the round of 32 because there's 32 teams in that round. Duh, duh. The draw was earlier today. They were in a a in a pod with um, what was it? The Red Bulls, New England Revolution, and DC United. Right before they drew it, it was announced that DC had not applied to host. So that was one away team already, already decided. So now the Hounds have a uh, roughly uh, two and three chance of hosting uh, this next round game against a MLS opponent. And, of course, Devin Kerr picking the envelopes. Thanks a lot, Devin. I thought we were, we were cool. Puts the Hounds... In the other away spot, and they are traveling to the Boston suburbs of Foxborough to take on Bruce Arena's New England Revolution. Uh, The game time is already decided for Tuesday, May 9th at 7.30. Ariana, on a uh, scale of uh, 1 to 10, 10 being the most disappointed you've been in your life. How disappointing is this?
2: Um, it's probably a solid five or six. It's kind of mid, mid tier for me only because, you know, we talked a lot after the win, you know, what it looked like, what, it, what would the next round would look like? Um, and it's just, it's so houndsy of the Riverhounds to not get because we really wanted a home, you know, round of 24, uh, to not get the game. But, um, a lot of us had talked about, all right, we'll play this one away, and then we will w- we will win this one, and then the round of 16 we'll get at home, um, which would be fun. Um, so I'm not super disappointed. Um, I wish it were a little closer. If it were, like, if it were D.C. or New York, I probably would have willingly traveled to either of those places. But New England just – Gillette Stadium, one, is – garbage as we talk about, uh, football, um, which is apropos because the new England Patriots just uh, announced their pick. So (laughs) garbage in my opinion. Um, but it's just, I wish it was closer. Um, I wish we were a little bit, yeah, I would have gone to, or tried to have gone to some of the, the closer to, but not this far away. So that's what the most disappointing for me is that it's so far away.
0: Uh, New England on a tear in the early days of of this MLS season. So, of the of all the potential permutations of of matchups for this round, uh, Seth, this has to be the. I mean, just looking strictly at the at the winability factor. Uh, the worst draw the Hounds could have gotten, correct?
1: Yeah. Um, I don't follow MLS, so you know. This morning, I was kind of like, "Okay, let's look into how how's the, how are these other three teams faring?" And as I looked at them, I was like, "Oh, we do not want New England right now." And then, that lo and behold, bas- that bastard yeah. Devin Kerr.
0: This is all, kidding, it's all your. F-
1: I still liked it, Devin. Oh, but he, just, he could be. A he bastard. did it twice. It, and then he goes on to Twitter, and you you tweeted at him, and he just out of nowhere in the middle of the day just drops a Tyler Pasher, right then in there. It's like, come on, man! Like you're better than this. No, he's not. <sighs> he's not. He's not. And he keeps. T- he 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 just. I think he, I think he low key relishes knowing
0: that he has that like free rent in our head. Yeah, forever. I ever. I want to get him down to down to a, a, a tailgate at some point. That would be great. A uh, couple of connections between the the revolution and the Hounds. I think the one that everyone knows about, the ones that the, that the Hounds already alluded to. Uh, Ed Eddie Kiza was. In the Revolution uh, organization last year, and I think the year before that as well, does have a few games for the for the first team there. Uh, I believe the Shields came from the Revolution organization as well. Actually, yeah, I know that for a fact now. Uh, Danny Rivera, in his early pre-professional days, had an interesting encounter at Gillette Stadium, as we all learned. I believe do we was that the right. I don't, out? I, was that in public, or is that story private? No,
2: I, I don't think we said it on the air, but if you want to hear the story, one, ask Danny. He The way he tells it is, I I lost it. I He's probably the best storyteller on the team. Um, but if you can't get to Danny to ask, you can always ask me or, or uh, Yost. We've both heard the story. A couple other folks have as well. It's a hilarious story. I'm and, I don't even uh, want to give away
0: the... the- We're not even giving away the the main gist of it, because you have to save it for the actual story. But he had had an interesting encounter at Gillette Stadium in the the night to follow. So um, it'll be him. A little bit of a homecoming for him, maybe. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: (sighs) I don't think the soccer world's talking enough about the fact that you could see two absolute technicians of the game go up against one another it's legitimately good arena coaching battle uh-huh. like legit like that was the first thing i thought whenever they opened up the en- the envelope and it was us against the revs. i was like okay this is literally bruce arena versus bob Lilly. like that was the first thing that popped in my head like that's uh i don't know if it's legitimately get- intriguing Two guys that have had such prolonged success, albeit at different levels of the U.S. soccer hierarchy, but it, it's it's pretty cool, you know. To see, it's, I think it's going to be interesting to see how uh, they go go at each other.
0: I, f- I find it interesting because I think if you're Bob, on one hand, you are you you have an opportunity in front of you to. Match up against—I uh, mean—a a, a no doubt Hall of Fame guy, um, former national team coach, former everything coach in the United States. But then on the other hand, it is the Open Cup that you do not value as highly as maybe you should, and you're as tempted as you would be to to really match wits with Arena. Do you just go out there and run your your typical away to an MLS team Open Cup type of format and uh and hope for the best
1: but i think they actually said on the broadcast today that you know we're the only team in that pod that uh arena hasn't coached yeah i thought that was kind of funny um is it i also seriously yeah Yeah. i also started wondering Uh. about this like do you think bob knows bruce arena like, they have to have cross paths. Have to. Right? Like, they have to. It's um, not that big
0: of a community. And they've been they yeah, both been I, in it forever, so.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's what I, That's the other thing I was thinking. I'd love to have a confirmed answer on this. Bob, yeah. when you're listening no, to they, this tomorrow morning.
0: Yeah. <coughs> have to, for sure. Uh, so, yeah, 9.30 on the 9th. Who knows? I mean... Maybe we'll get some together for a watch party. Who knows? We do know that the match will be streamed. Unlike this, these previous rounds, where some games were, some games were not. Uh, we do know the match will be streamed, uh, so no worries there. Even though, I mean, did it, either of you guys see that, that that quote unquote stream from from Loudon last night? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I
1: did. Uh, and immediately trip. felt like I was yeah uh, I had to turn it off rather quickly because I, uh, I honestly like felt sick. I watched it for it about like, ninety seconds and I couldn't do it anymore. It was awful. Like it's like it was like the one half of the field was rotated thirty degrees one way, and the other was like thirty degrees the other way. It was incredibly hard to watch. Right.
0: Maybe you need like three three d goggles or something it it was it was it was a thing uh but hopefully not not to be seen ever again because uh, no there i feel like there might be some screen tests that that violates like how they can't do things that might cause too easily like an epileptic seizure like yeah yeah I feel like there were some some screen tests that that did not pass or should not have passed u s l news and there was some, some big news today. Uh, after eight years as president of USL, Jake Edwards stepping aside for uh, what we will assume to be a future opportunity not yet made public. Uh, this league's growth under Edwards in the past eight years is nothing short of, of, of massive for as much as we like calling the league a garage league now, it legitimately was a garage league in every sense of the word eight years ago. Uh, I mean, just some of, the, some of the highlights under under his, his reign as USL president. Um, the USL championship, which was then USL Pro, uh, was a third division league. In the, the grips of a soccer wars with the, the NASL. USL came out on top, became a second division league. NSL went by the wayside. Uh, the partnership with Major League Soccer and putting those two teams in the league, while certainly not ideal from a competitive standpoint, gave the stability that was needed to get this league on its, on its feet and also gave those MLS um, teams uh, competitive minutes for their younger players. Uh, both sides have outgrown each other now, but at the time it was it was vital to the sustainability of the league. Just the number of, of teams that have grown and uh, expanded over those years. Again, there were some teams that have come and gone already, but it is what it is. The number of stadiums being built, stadia being built, or planned to be built, uh, connected to USL teams, massive. Uh, the build-out of USL League One. The start and the implementation of the USLW League, and then what should soon be the Super League coming next year. Uh, it's been a lot under this, under his, under his watch. I guess the questions for me now were kind of the two big legacy projects or thoughts that he had. Will they continue in some form or the other? One being this pro rel between USL Championship and USL League One. It's, it's kind of been the, the sexy headline-getting thing that he's talked about for over a pandemic, and it has not come to fruition yet. We'll see if that kind of, if they keep pushing that in front of us or if that kind of goes by the wayside. And then the, the push for a, a FIFA-friendly uh, winter schedule that was his baby, that was definitely getting some pushback. Uh, will that have leagues, or Will that have legs going forward? Uh, Seth, I'll start with you. Uh, your thoughts on on Jake Edwards leaving? Uh, we can we can save our thoughts on, on the guy kind of stepping into the into the role for maybe next show. But um, yeah, uh, a guy who's been at this for a while, uh, kind of out of nowhere, at least publicly, uh, going elsewhere.
1: So you you go through the accomplishments of Jake Edwards in his tenure, and I think one of the unspoken ones is the ESPN deal. You know, he was able to kind of get the pieces in line to take the league from a YouTube streaming each game to a legitimate housed-on-the-ESPN platform, and even to the point where we were getting games, you know, the, the games on the actual... ESPN2, ESPN News, ES Deportes, um, plus, you plus know, the league championship winding up every year now on ESPN2. Um, I, I think that was a huge part of growing the USL championship uh, brand itself. Um, I, I feel like the last... I feel like... I'd say 2018 or so is when I kind of feel like the league really matured and kind of moved out of the garage league imagery. And it felt like an actual respectable soccer league. Um, So I think he's obviously had a lot of great achievements over his tenure. And uh, I, I, you know, the, the new president, Uh, I think it was kind of maybe done right in front of our eyes that they all of a sudden created this new position back in March, this guy slides into it. And then all of a sudden, a matter of two months later is the new president. So obviously there must've been something, uh, gears were in motion behind, uh, as they often are with succession planning. Um, but it, it's definitely a, uh, Kind of a, it was not the not the news dump I was expecting to get on the day that you get the round of 32 draw for the U.S. Open Cup. So, and good on the U.S.L. not burying this at like three o'clock on a Friday and actually doing it ahead of the U.S. Open Cup when people were, you know, the us uh, sickos were all checking Twitter,
0: waiting for updates on U.S. Open Cup, right. Yeah, it, uh, they definitely did not do the the Friday news dump on it. Uh, again, no no real, at least publicly, kind of heads up that this was coming. You would even get kind of the, the leak from some other sources. Yeah, the succession plan probably was in place for for a couple months now, uh, based on yeah having a kind of a VP for the USL Championship and then announcing in the same release that uh, that Edwards is moving on that they already have the spot filled uh but we can we can go into to, uh his his resume uh sometime down the line ariana uh you haven't been watching the hounds or watching the league uh quite as, as long as the are two of us but uh any thoughts on on jake edwards
2: um not necessarily um i i all of the things that you mentioned all of the you know good things that you mentioned will be something that lasts for a long time so i think that that speaks as much to his hard work to his um you know dedication to the league and then his his marks on the league there's no going back from that so he's you know solidified the usl into what it is today and what it will be for the foreseeable future so i think that that's Um, a powerful statement just, you know, for him itself. So uh, good on him. And uh, I don't necessarily agree with everything uh, (laughs) that he wants. It's the winter schedule. I I am one of the people that uh, do push back to that, but um, I'm, I'm happy that he could, he could, you know, push the USL into what it is. So thumbs up.
0: And all the people, DC was kind of, or uh, uh, Detroit people were kind of mocking a little bit, like, "You dumb fucks, you, you leave might you might have been under by now." I don't know. Yeah. Now you don't, to, you don't have to kiss guys' not like that, but. Now Detroit doing Detroit shit. Wow. <sighs> hey, Hounds are they have a game this weekend? They are mm-hmm. once again back on the road for USL Championship action. This time out to Indianapolis, Indiana for a Saturday night seven, 7 o'clock kickoff. Ariana, right back to you. You plan on going out to this game. Who else is going? Uh, what's the plan? What's uh, – What's yeah, give us the deets.
2: Yeah. Yeah, so um, I am going out. I'm going out with uh, Colin and Kaz. Um at least in our vehicle. I know that there were some whispers of other people going, um, some folks meeting us there. Um, if you are going, um, and don't have your tickets yet, we do have a link so you can sit with all of us. Um, so I can always get that out to anyone. Um, or we will have a link. Uh, we should, by the time that this is posted. Um, and you
0: just send it to me.
2: I'm yeah. If I have it by tomorrow, I'll get it to you. But, um, they, Indy is dragging their dragging their feet on getting us tickets. So, typical might take a little longer, but <laughs> um, but we're excited. It's at it's on the IUPUI campus, um, which I've never been to, so I'm excited to see what that'll look like. Um, we're leaving in the afternoon. Well, probably morning to um, Saturday. We'll leave, and then we're gonna spend the night, and then come back Sunday at some time. Um, it is a six hour, well, it's like five and a half if you don't stop, um, and go the speed limit. So take that as you will. Uh, I'm going to say six hours for the sake of, of, uh, our, our car. Um, so I'm excited to see, uh, what it's like. I've only been to one away stadium so far. Um, and that would be Loudoun. So I'm excited to add another away stadium to my to my list, um, and excited to see the Hounds, yeah, play play in Indy.
0: Play play a game of football.
2: Yeah, football.
0: Yeah, so you'll, we'll begin the full uh, the Mike Stadium review from you next weekend. Looking forward to it. Yeah, It'll be great. Seth. Indy under, under head coach Mike Lowry, his second year there after leaving El Paso. Uh, looking at, at the roster, I mean, the names are going to s- jump out to anyone who's watched this league for a while. Uh, Juana Tejada, who was most notably with uh, Tampa for a while, but he's, he's bounced around a little bit since then. Solomon Sante's is back in the league and somehow ends up in Indianapolis. Your one former hound is, is Robbie Danbrot who who Bob allowed to, to walk for nothing just so we could sign with Indy last year. Not that that still annoys me or anything. Uh, Jack Blake, a lot of people would probably recognize if they watched well, Cameron Lindley, he uh, was featured a little bit last night in their Open Cup game. For all the kind of notable names and what kind of looked like the second year of the rebuilding process, it has not gone well for them uh, yet this year. Currently on a four-game losing streak, including the Open Cup game against Columbus uh, last night. Uh, dropping a 3-0 home loss to, to Oakland. They've lost to Monterey. Uh, they went scoreless at home against Las Vegas. Their only win is against Detroit, who is uh, equally pitiful so far. Seth, what's what's your scouting report? Uh, good chance for the Hounds to the back bounce back in, in league play or or more road woes for Bob so far? Well, I mean, Indy, you know,
1: they did have a pretty tough uh, match with Columbus last night that, you know, I think uh, 83rd minute game winner for the crew uh, in a match where Indy looks like they went with their preferred starting 11. So, I have to think that extra day of rest for the hounds uh, and a less stressful, open cup match where we able to rotate a little bit more. I feel like that favored up, favors us. Um, yeah, Jack Blake, uh, San Diego. Uh, I think that was kind of one of the shocks of the uh, off season that he wasn't. He didn't wind back up with the loyal, um, and then uh, Juan Tejada definitely is a guy that has been around uh most notar- no most notably as uh a rowdy
0: uh score the uh the game and, winner in the semifinal put him in the uh put him in the championship yep. game a couple years ago yep so uh well he's
1: actually older than i thought he was um but he's still younger than me um but and his, and, and always that. will be yep uh self-deprecation of watching the NFL draft right now and just realizing like how young these people are and how much richer than they are. They are than me. Um, So uh, I, uh, I really hope that the hounds can capitalize off the midweek fix fixtures uh, because it definitely seems like we have an advantage there. But again, as I've said time and time again, the offensive woes continue to worry me and it's really hard to win soccer matches when you can't score. So
0: I will leave on, I will leave it on that thought. Beautiful. Ariana, what, uh, what are your thoughts or your, your insider predictions for what's going to happen between the lines, uh, on that beautiful, uh, Astrid turf field at the mic with a big Jaguar head in the middle of it?
2: Um, I, I'm i a little nervous. Um, I know that, you know, people talk a lot about extra days rest and extra time rest. And theoretically, a lot of our starters um, have gotten a week of rest. Um, you know, a lot of them didn't play in the open cup uh, game. So, They're looking at a full week's rest of uh, coming into this game. But I said that a couple of games ago and or a couple of maybe last week, last pod. uh, And uh, it didn't turn out well for us after I said that. So I'm not really sure how uh, how to feel. Um, I definitely agree with Seth. We are having some some scoring issues. We haven't scored. Um, in the last, I'm pretty sure three away matches we haven't been able to to score, um, but we have won the previous three matches against Indy Eleven. So um, I can't really decide where I'm at. I don't think it'll be a high scoring game. I think we might have, you know, you know, a long drawn out nil nil game, and then and then a, a you know one goal deciding point. Um, but I, I just, I'm not sure. Uh, I don't. I'm a little nervous about this game. Um, I will be wearing. I now. I'm determining that I have a lucky uh, jersey that I will be wearing uh, to the game. Uh, I have worn it for the last two wins. I did not wear it for the El Paso game. So.
0: The uh, the old that's, the old Dos Santos.
2: <laughs> yeah, my Dos Santos jersey. So we'll see. Uh, if that can bring us Nathan, some good not luck.
0: not Steven, Nate.
2: Yes, <laughs> our Dos Santos. Uh, the uh, wrong number, too, Dos Santos. He changed his number this year. Uh, I have his last year jersey. So um, I'm hoping to bring that good luck to Indy. So, Lord.
0: all right. Yeah, uh, yeah. it's uh, seven o'clock Saturday. Thought it'd be a little bit later since the game's out in Indianapolis, but uh, that's not to be. Uh, no watch party per se, but I'm sure if you're if you rolling into, roll the into Bulldog, it'll be, it'll be on, a, on a TV or two and a couple people watching it. With a beverage in tow, uh, I might get down there. It's going to be kind of playing it by year on Saturday with the weather being being questionable. Who knows how the, how the day is going to play out for me. If you can't get that out there and do that, you should. Better yet, if you can make it to Indianapolis, you should definitely do that. Get in, in touch with Ariana or... Just hit us up on the Discord, and I'm sure we can find a way to, to, to stow your ass out there and uh, get get a little reckless in Indianapolis. Final thoughts in the day: What do we learn before we take this home, Seth? What do we learn either about the Hounds or about the Steelers or about tattoos? What the? How have you been educated in the last uh, seventy minutes or so?
1: Uh, I learned that tattoos lose their sharp image after a few months I didn't know that I don't have any tattoos I'm boring so
0: fair that was that that was a today I learned nice I learned that they make really big fake tattoos I always thought they were kind of the the small things you you know there's 25 of them on, on a sheet that you have to cut out or something like that but apparently it's a bigger business than I ever knew Ariana what uh what'd you learn tonight
2: um, well, related to tattoos. Um, I did actually look up. <laughs> we um, did this for seventy minutes, and I, all
0: we learned about was tattoos.
2: <laughs> tattoos. I I googled Joe Greenspan's tattoos just because I wanted to see, um, what it was, and turns out he has quite a few. Uh, I did post a link to the article that I found, uh, which was a an, an interesting article to say the least. Um in our Discord, so if you wanted, if either of you two wanted to read it after. Um, But his tattoo on his leg is uh, uh, Statue of Liberty uh, and the Twin Towers um, and Brooklyn Bridge. Uh, He's from Jersey, so 9-11 played a lot on his life, and so he he got that tattooed. Um, And I guess went into the Navy, which is something I did not as well know about him. Oh, um, oh,
0: there we go. Now we did know what we learned tonight. That we learned that you learned. Yeah.
2: He, yeah, um, And then he also has a Navy-inspired tattoo. So um, he has quite a few. Uh, so, yeah.
0: A Navy man with I'm tattoos. Who ever heard of it.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. Is that it, guys? We're going to take this thing home? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. How, yeah. how how many more picks till the till the Steelers, Steelers are up again?
2: Uh,
0: 10, 10. Oh, so we're not. Yeah, so 10. we came and wait for for a reaction for the next one. Not even close. Oh.
1: Nope. Okay. They're nope. making really good. They're making really good pace, and then ESPN and NFL Network said slow this down. Yeah, we got. Yeah. We, have,
0: we have four hours of fill or something. Yeah. So we're we're, I, I, we're instituting timeouts like it's the MLS Super Draft. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's been fun, but uh, it's time to get out of here. We'd like to thank the Beautiful Game Network for providing the online hosting of Houndsy. Check out the Wealth of Soccer content being produced weekly at bgn.fm. The Houndsy theme music was composed and performed by Rockham and the Space Babies. Check them out at facebookcom spacebabiespgh. The show is produced by Joe Madrak. Email the show at army at gmail.com and put podcasts in the subject line. All complaints about the show can be sent to nick.noble at mail.wvu.edu. On behalf of Ariana and Seth, I'm Dan Yost. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back again soon.